Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And this is Max Rushton. And welcome to the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, we spoke to the world's strongest man. Yeah, great fun. That was an inspiring story, wasn't it? A really inspiring yeah. story and a chance to talk about enormous things being lifted up. That's right. Tom <laughs> Dolman joined us in life. Newly crowned. Uh, we spoke to the captain of a cricket team that Max had uh, actually played against this club uh, who uh, were all out for two. But there was you know circumstances as we discovered and uh, RJ Mitty who played Walt Jr in Breaking Bad he was brilliant I thought he was yeah, really good re- he's got a new movie out in the world of wrestling and we spoke to him we had a chat and of course we had a birthday spread for you as well so uh, here it all is <laughs> Good afternoon, Max. Uh, so, yeah, apart from uh, looking for the most famous person uh, listening to get in touch with us, yeah. what, what, uh, while we wait for that, yeah. that, what a brilliant evening that was. It was good. Yeah. Tor- I mean, for the second night running, uh, it, was, it, was, it was exciting. Yeah, and the torrential, I mean, the torrential rain, mm. you know, in the, the, the Hungry game. Hungry playing out of their skins. And on the other side, Pogba being brilliant. I thought Renato Sanchez was yeah. superb. He for was Portugal, good, yeah. Wasn't he? And I, I had, um, on the TV, I had the France game on France-Portugal. And I had Germany-Hungary on the laptop. Mm. And the laptop's a little bit behind. So sometimes something happens and the TV tells you what you're just about to see on the laptop, right? right? So, so they said, look, you know, um, uh, Germany have equalised. Like, you know, and I could, Germany had equalised. They were saying, you know, Germany had equalised. And then on the telly, they told me that Hungary had taken the lead again. And I was like, well, no, they haven't, because I'm watching <laughs> it. And then and I was like, well, they can't have done, because they're just about to kick off. That was an amazing moment, because a bit, I was watching France-Portugal. And when, when they said, OK, they've equalised, but then this happened. Yeah. And then to see them go straight up the other end and score was, was amazing, wasn't it? But as you said, we had an all-evening roller coaster to ultimately end up where we, we started out with all those positions. Which, if you think about it, is exactly what a roller coaster is. Yeah, do you know it? what? That's very true. That was very thought for the day when you did that there. That is true. We ever got off a roller coaster going, well, that's pointless. I'm exactly where I started. <laughs> what a waste true. of time. Just shaking my body about a do bit. Do you know what? You, you, amongst all the rubbish you spout, you do talk a lot of sense occasionally. Well, that's very well, kind some of you sense. Say, some sense. There's a compliment in there somewhere. Um, now, um... I, maybe we've got, we can get the listeners going on this. Have you seen the mace that New Zealand won yesterday? I haven't, no. It's quite ecclesiastical, actually. There it is. 
It's quite nice winning a mace and not a trophy. The trouble is, no one knows quite how to lift Hard it. Kane Williamson sort it? of holding it like he's in Braveheart or something, <laughs> thrusting it in the air. Um, and the other players, but you can't, not everybody, do you kiss the mace? I mean, which end do you kiss? What, so the text obvious, have you ever held a mace? No, and how well, do you do a, it? we could do that. But sure. I just thought, when you've not got a trophy, when basically you won something and it wasn't a bog-standard trophy, your a reward for winning something sporting, ideally. But it doesn't have to be. No, I'm I mean, you could win that. the darts. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll count. Because you can buy those trophies, can't you, in in your local uh, cobblers? Yeah. Uh, where you can go and oh, they only had a darts trophy. So, so the dream is we want the most famous person listening to have held a mace yeah. and to give us a a, a a tutorial on how to hold a mace. No. So <laughs> now if, if Sir Ian McKellen is listening and he's yeah. lifted a mace... Oh, wait, somebody, if, in, yeah, somebody of in course. the world of Shakespeare yeah. probably has lifted a mace I in some... Have. Yeah. Um, we played Thomas a Beckett or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Simon in Reading says, I played one of the Russian soldiers at the start of James Bond film Goldeneye. Oh, yeah. You can only see my feet. Yeah. Is that famous enough? That's yeah. the best we've got at the moment. That's Simon. it, Simon. We, may, we, we, we all speak to one of these people that claim to be famous today. And at the moment, Simon, that is you because no one else has come through. So do tell us at talksport.com, text 81089 or tweet to TSH&J what. You were famous for, and um, but look, Jamie Carragher likes the show. If he's listening, just get in touch. You know, yeah. it's don't be humble about it. No, for for once, we need people to really shout and say, yeah. "I am." I would done be a bit this. bad though if they said on the phone, "Sorry, Jamie, we." Not so quite we, famous enough. Simon played the feet of a Russian soldier and yeah. we're going with that. <laughs> well, but anyway, let us know, TalkSport, because uh, Anthony Joshua phoned in, apropos of nothing, speaking to the guys on Jim's show today, wanted to uh, talk to one of the prospects, of course, uh, going off to the Olympics in the boxing, somebody he knows, but just lovely, just popped up on Zoom. The producer said, we weren't expecting it. The guy's handle Zoom said, Anthony Joshua wants to come on. Do, is there a, how do people Zoom in? I mean, that's tricky, isn't it? Why I don't know. I, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get all the details. Can we get the tech get all details? The details. Yeah, tech details um, for the rich and famous to, to zoom into us. Uh, but those alternative trophies you picked up that weren't actual cups or trophies. I remember what, years ago there was a a um, golf club that had a seniors tournament right? and uh, one of the guys had played in it and they used to play for the hip joint of one of their members <laughs> when he had his hip replaced they kept the old hip and um, he asked for it and they put it on a plinth so the hip on a plinth, and it's played for by the seniors, like the over 60s. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, at the golf club. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and Max Rushton here on TalkSport. You may have heard Clive Tildesley in commentary the other day saying he'd got some clog for revealing who the world's strongest man was. To wait till was. Christmas normally, was it, doesn't Was he? it embargoed? Well, I mean, we knew because it, it was in many of the papers. So it was a bit tight. Have a go at Clive about it, really. Because it is a, a proud Brit, which we're pleased to say. Proud Scott, mm -hmm. more to the point, after Tuesday night. Um, Tom Stoltman is the world's strongest man uh, and he joins us now Hi Tom Hi boys, how are you? You're right. Yeah, yeah we're good. good, congratulations Ma Yeah, many congratulations What a, what a great honour, the best in the world How's it feel? Yeah, I mean, it's still surreal, you know I got back 1am uh, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday morning and kind of hardly been home hardly had time to think really so it's uh, been all go up here there's a massive buzz up in the highlands where I live and yeah, to just go out to world strongest man and achieve what I wanted to do is a, a great feeling. So yeah, it's been a big buzz in Scotland for for us right now. You love your football, so you landed to the the, the news that <laughs> Scotland were out, didn't you? Yeah, I landed on the news that Scotland were out. Yeah, I'm I'm a, bit, I'm a big Glasgow Rangers fan, so uh, you know, obviously Ali McCoist and Clive Tindley on commentary kind of gave me a shout out as well, which mm. was uh, mental, <laughs> a mental thing as well. So, uh, but yeah, I don't really. I mean, it would have been nice to see Scotland, you know, get 
get past the group and into the last kind of stages. But it is what it is, really. Hopefully, they get another chance soon. But um, what was the moment when you realised you won? I mean, were there were there like sort of two or three of you going up against it, like picking up the big boulder and putting it on that plinth, or, or, did, or had you like comfortably won with an event to go? Uh, well, no, it was so it all came down to the the stones, as you just said there. So it was me versus Brian Shaw. Uh, Brian Shaw's one world strongest man four times before, so it was me versus him for the title. And uh, yeah, I just kind of put my last stone up, turned around, seen Brian Shaw didn't uh, hadn't finished, and then just fell to the ground and you know started kind of going mental. So it was just an emotional kind of thing for me. How how heavy is that? Occasionally, I have to pick up a fifty kilo medicine ball <laughs> yeah. and I put it on a box, and then my and then I throw it on the floor, and then my trainer picks it up again. I think, what's the point of life? Two men that's are just picking a, up this. Every ball. How how heavy is your biggest stone? Uh, so yeah, we start at one forty, and the last one's two hundred and ten kilograms. Oh, Blimey! Okay, and we lift with the knees. What's the key here? Uh, yeah, you lift with your knees, but uh, if you're strong enough, you can kind of just straight knees, straight legs, sorry, and pick it up from the ground and straight up onto the podium with wow. so your back. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just Ali giving you a pat on the back. Rangers themselves congratulated you as well, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, that's a massive thing as well. I've, I'm a boyhood, uh, you know, my boyhood club, I've kind of supported them throughout the kind of hard times as well. And, you know, even the players kind of messaging me as well. It's kind of a surreal moment for me and, you know, to kind of know that my kind of achievements haven't just gone unnoticed as well. So Yeah. Uh, I mean, you were very emotional at the end, understandably, because it's a, it's a huge thing. And you and your brother are both involved in 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 this world on the circuit, aren't they? So, and I think it was, uh, as you said, it was memories of of your mum, wasn't it? I think yeah. probably at that moment. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, she passed away five years ago, and uh, I actually said in twenty eighteen there was videos of me saying uh, that I'm going to win world strongest man in three years, so I'm going to win it at twenty twenty one. And uh, yeah. Fast forward three years, I've done it and I kept the promise to kind of my mum and a lot of other people. So, yeah, that made it much, like, sweeter. And, yeah, it was just a great uh, kind of thing to, like, back back up what I said. So Sure, fantastic. The, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people wonder how you get onto the circuit, how you become, how you get onto the strongman circuit. I mean, what what were you doing? Were you sort of weightlifter and then you started to move into this? Did you play rugby? What what was your route uh, into it? Uh, to be honest, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, I was a Scottish Peter Couch back back in the day. I was just, I, I was really kind of skinny, and I was like I'm tall. I mean, I'd always been tall. I'm six foot nine right now, and wow. so I'm a tall boy. But even like in my younger age, I was re- like a really tall guy, but I just lanky, not really muscly. Uh, I was football with my life uh, ever since I was born. I, you know, football, football, football. My big brother played football for Ross County and stuff as well. So, uh, and then. It was more when my mates kind of left and when I hit 16, 17 year old, um, my big brother was already kind of doing bodybuilding stuff. And, uh, you know, he just said, oh, come along to the gym with me. And I mean, I hated every minute of it. There was girls lifting more than me. <laughs> I was lifting the bar. He was going in with like bulging muscles. And I was like, you know, this isn't, this isn't for me. It's sore every day. But you know, I just stuck at it. And then I was so kind of obsessed with it that, I started, you know, it started becoming like an addiction. It was a routine. I was following a routine, following a meal plan. And then uh, my big brother entered me into a competition when I was 18 years old, which was Scotland's strongest man. So mm. I went from like being in the gym for two years to then entering a national competition. Wow. You know, I ended up coming fifth in Scotland at 18 years old. And, you know, this kind of took off from there. He took me under my wing, you know, and 
made it kind of hard for me and you know, it kind of paid off in the end. And then I just started gradually getting bigger and better and taking it more serious and stuff. So, What's the event that you think, this is ridiculous? You know, is it pulling the lorry? That always thinks, why am I pulling a lorry? <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, there's some bizarre events you do out there and you're like, why the heck am I you know, putting my body through this? But yeah, like pulling the lorry, I mean, just recently, just like the one past, we did train pulls. We pushed a big uh, steam train. Uh, we've done aeroplane. We've done we've done two monster trucks last year as well. So yeah, it's some bizarre things you do. Good stuff. Well, look, lovely to talk to you, Tom. Some, yeah, some good news for Scotland in a tough week, and congratulations, yeah. thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Tom Stoltman, there, the world's strongest it's man. Put world, your medicine ball <laughs> bit into that, that. Is the moment where I pick it up? Yeah, I, I, I take it off the box and throw it on the floor. And then he picks it up again and puts it on the box. He should do you a think, kind of. I think you need some. T- you, you need think, a kind of great Santini four, vibe. He should. You should pick it up and he should throw it in your face. Four billion years of evolution has come to. That's in the middle of the thing. I think. How is? The, how have we evolved for this to be what's so, going on? Look, you're, you're a, you've got a personal trainer working with you. You're doing something very physical. Don't question everything. <laughs> Just go with it. Ian Tom consumes ten thousand calories a day. Yeah, can lift the equivalent of a grand piano. There we are. I don't know if Crouchy was listening to that. Maybe he'll become Britain's strongest man. He may think he may get into the gym and start bulking up. He's got to. Put, he's got to put a bit on. Yeah, well, he has. Well, Tom did the same thing. He said, you know, I, what a story though. Two years in, fifth strongest oh, man yeah, in Scotland. Well story. done, him. Brilliant story. Well done to Tom. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We haven't talked about uh, poor old Dubravka last night. Oh, what a uh, moment! Chucking one in. And normally, managers in those situations they don't hang players out to dry. But Tarkovic, uh, the the manager. Uh, he didn't say um, we win as a team, we lose as a team. He's been a fantastic player for us, Martin, over the years, and I'm not going to blame him. What he actually said was his own goal was bad for us, and he's one of the reasons we went on to play worse and make lots of mistakes. <laughs> to make mistakes like that against opponents like Spain is not acceptable. He just saved so a penalty properly, for sake. properly hung out to dry. Forget the, the penalty was. save. I mean, that's yeah. amazing. Isn't it? Spain conceding have missed their last five penalties. Spain. Yeah. I mean, that's an extraordinary record I know. at international level. But they turned it on a bit, didn't they? Did. they? I, I mean, they, about Morata feeling Ferran Torres comes on and scores with his first touch yeah. with that flick. And Poland were really... Un- I mean, Poland really took yeah. the game to Sweden as well, didn't they? They did. I, um, uh, but but it's, uh, Kulusevski makes a difference for Sweden, actually. You know, I mean, they Sweden-Ukraine will be the game if England win. Yeah. He's a good player. And, and he'll, he'll love that out. because he's a big fan of Swedish football. He loves, he loves the, the way they play. Yes. So uh, I mean, they are pretty dour, but they scored yeah. three. Look, they've been more interesting than England so far. So you can't yeah. knock them. No, you can't. Knock I them. guess um, we we were going to talk about this story, Paul, about um, uh, these France fans, yeah, uh, who instead of going to Budapest went to Bucharest. Mm. Um, and uh, we haven't set up this subject yet, but we're going to do. The, you know, it's a story we've probably done it before. But when you went to the wrong place yeah. for the game, these six France fans were meant to go to Budapest. They ended up in Bucharest. They do sound similar, but they're entirely different places. Mm. And then they thought, oh well, we'll just hang about. Why not? Because if France go through, it's turned out because France have won the group. I think they will be playing in Bucharest. So they're just going to stay. They're just going to stay there. Um, but we sort of threw it out on Twitter to begin with. You know, have you ever gone to the wrong place mm. for the game? We'll do that for the next hour or so if you like Robert Roberto says when I was five I was excited to go for trials at my local team my dad got the incorrect park so I had a kickabout while all my mates signed up for the team elsewhere they went on to win the league while I, I got to go and watch my sister's gymnastic class every weekend instead uh, Mark says a couple of mates were going to watch Shrewsbury away versus Brighton 
They knew they'd gone slightly wrong when they had to ask a policeman for directions outside Buckingham Palace. <laughs> <laughs> Back, back in the 90 Minutes days, we were told by some Newcastle fans who came down for the Spurs match. Mm. Uh, 20 to 3, they got off at Tottenham Court Road Tube and said, where's the stadium, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I think they, they, they possibly made about the last half an hour of the game. Uh, this is really good. James Brown, our friend, friend of the show, friend of the station. Uh, Bez or Sean, I forget which. Yeah. He says, I think it was Bez. Once arrived late in Newcastle for a gig and jumped in a taxi, asked to be taken to the big venue. He got there, blagged in backstage found himself ready to go on with Mick Hucknall wrong venue <laughs> wrong band <laughs> but great it could have kind of livened things up couldn't it Bez dancing in the front there with, uh, with Simply Red, Simply red. Um, we also asked you because the New Zealand team were given a mace as opposed to a normal trophy for mm. winning the World Test Championship you get a mace and Kane Williamson not sure what to do he's kind of holding it aloft like he's in Braveheart as we said there he's sort of holding it up in the air the other players can't really touch it it's a bit of a weird thing and we wondered if you've won alternative trophies um, and this is from Vic. Very proud of the fact he won a cha cha cha, not a cha cha, but a cha 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 dance competition in the mid seventies. Congratulations! He won an ornate bottle of bubble bath with a gold plastic top in the shape of a unicorn. Uh, that's nice. And uh, Tessa in Southampton this said, um, "I won a tennis tournament in about 1972, age 12. They presented me with a small box in which I was expecting to find a glistening gold medal. It was, in fact, a teaspoon. Not exactly the sort of object to hold aloft <laughs> triumphantly." doing your best Yvonne Goolagong impersonation. <laughs> it now sits in my tea caddy. God, the disappointment still haunts me, says Tessa. <laughs> Thank you very much. So alternative, th things that you won in sport that weren't actually trophies, like the mace, like mm. the teaspoon, uh, or the bubble bath with a unicorn gold top. Uh, this uh, anonymous text says, I do a lot of background TV stuff. Nice. I once uh, was a peer of the realm, and I handed Prince Charles a mace at the Prince of Wales ceremony in the crown. In the crown, when they did Marvelous. the investiture, yeah, I think. Fantastic. So it's held a mace. We're very happy anyone who's held a mace. Anybody, if you've, if you've had a chance to hold a mace, do let us know. We were asking for a very famous person. The last few minutes of Jim White's show was with Anthony Joshua. He just phoned in um, to talk about the Olympic boxing. And we, we were looking for someone famous to get in touch with us. So far, we've got Stephen, who played 100 games for Kilmarnock. We're hoping to speak to someone famous at about two minutes to four. Yes. Look, if you Somebody are, who was in Goldeneye, but you only saw their feet. If you are um, incredibly famous, don't be humble about this. You know, if, if Tom Selleck is listening. Yes. Oh eight seven one seven double two double three double. Tom Selleck's quite random. Where did that come from? Well, you never know, do you? Yeah. I don't know why that was my go-to famous person. But if you are really, if you are uh, famous, just you know, it's shout. It's your chance to shout about it because yeah. you have to play it down all the time. You have to play it but down. But the truly famous won't won't do that. They'll feel well. I'm. I'm. I'm they're quite humble. The truly well, famous. Gary, Gary Lineker could drop us a text, couldn't he? Well, we want him on for a couple of minutes. He's yeah. got better things. He's got to prepare for it. He hasn't. He's got a couple of days off, actually. He's got better do. things to do with his day <laughs> day off, let's be honest. Anyway, look, I'm not holding my breath. Um, but if, if it works out, it works out. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? 
Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Spare a for Buckton Cricket Club. Uh, who um, who were bowled out for two, um, and they were extras. <laughs> they didn't score a run. Man, it's almost impossible that. Well, you'd think so. Uh, just get bat on ball. Surely eleven goes in. Said, just get bat on ball. We'll you played there, match. You played, played against away at Buckton Quick Track. Yeah, and, a, and you a, kept wicket. Did I you? kept wicket, and one of our fast bowlers knocked the teeth out of one of their openers. It was about sixteen at the time. So if he's still at the club. Could be mid thirties. He came back. He went off. Had his teeth. Oh, gappy. Came, came back at the end of play. Well, he came back. Oh, he's, yeah. he's quite hard he's quite for a sixteen. So he's been in his mid thirties now. Something. Yeah, fascinating. I wonder if it was there. Joel. Was it Joel? The cap- Let's find out. We'll find out. Joel Krishna joins. He's the captain of uh, Buckton Seconds. Uh, are you, Joel? Hi there. Does that story of the boy had his teeth knocked out? Is that is that in club legend? Does that ring a bell? Uh, not to me. No, I've only been at the club for about. Five, six years, really. Oh, okay, this okay. is early 2000s, yeah. Uh, uh, we, Ashwell, that's who I used to play for. Are you still play against oh, them? Uh, no, we don't. No, oh, okay. okay. Well, fair enough. Oh, well. uh, so, um, Joel, uh, what what went wrong on this particular day? Um, we had 15 players unavailable. Uh, that, oh. that was the start of it. <laughs> um, and then we only managed to get eight to start the game and then nine to finish the game. See, there's always a story. Whenever we do this, it, it's always the case. It's never, oh, there's always a story like that. Whenever we have a t- football team, we lost 36 0. It's often because you didn't have your regular team, you didn't have the numbers, you were undercooked. What, why did you lose 15 regulars? Um, uh, just a numerous of, ex- like, loads of excuses, really. Um, anniversaries, people saying it's Father's Day, even though that was the next day. And <laughs> is it people, is it, Do you know what? Because I captain a football team, it's the what, WhatsApp's ruined it because people can just message you on the morning of the game. You know, yeah. back in the day, you'd have to ring someone up. But now in the morning, you wake up with like three dropouts. It's a total nightmare. So they, you put them in or they batted first, did they? That's what happened. Uh, yeah, I, I put them in, they batted first. Uh, tried to make a day of it sort of thing. <laughs> and, and what did they score? Uh, they got 260 for six. Ah, okay. And... And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we got all out for two. <laughs> so, uh, so how, did, how, did the, how did the wickets fall? <laughs> Can you... So, do <laughs> you open, Joe? Or? Uh, no, I don't open the batting. I okay. mean, we have someone that usually opens the batting, open the batting and get naught. <laughs> right. Were they, what, bold caught? What happened? Can you remember? Um, we had 
two that were uh, we had three players that were caught, mm. and uh, the rest were bold and LBWs. I think. At what point did the wides come in? Like, were you not for like? What, when did you get your two runs? Uh, before anyone had even got out, I think. <laughs> really? You were two without yeah. loss. You'd built a bit of a base yeah, there. That's something right. to build something on. Something to build on for, oh, the, right. for the batsman. Yeah. That's extraordinary. You know, and and so after the game, are you sitting there? What? What's the thought? Are you sort of quietly quite pleased that no one got a run? Um, I am now. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't. At, <laughs> I wasn't at the time. No. <laughs> and does and, this go against? Um, like, it was this? Are you normally better? Than, I mean, normally obviously you get more than. Two, but like, how are you, uh, how are you generally getting on? I mean, we've we've lost every game this year, oh, but I God. mean, they've all been like very like marginally fine losses, sort of thing, apart from that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what's the sort of? You got a few oldies, few kids. What's the setup in your in your seconds? In uh, a bit of a mixture, really. Yeah. Um, we've got a few people that are over forty five. We've got people that are fifteen. You know, we've just got a range of aged players, but a lot of it comes down to the inexperience. A lot of the players only play have played for one or two seasons. Yeah, so. fair enough. And was morale on the floor afterwards, or you know, just a couple of cans by the side of the pitch, and everyone was okay? Uh, we went back to our place, had a couple of pints. <laughs> yeah. And what, what just, were that uh, Huntingdon, your opposition? What were they like? Were they magnanimous? Were they? Uh, they, you weren't, they weren't giving you a load of uh, verbals. Were they your batsmen? <laughs> sort of the, oh, the, no, the seven for eight batsmen getting. A, <laughs> getting a, That'll be chirping out, and that'd be a bit much, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was in at the time of the last fall of the wicket, which was myself, and uh, they weren't really chirping or anything. It was just more, oh, this is a bit embarrassing. Like, what's yeah. going on? Did you get it, a good one? Did you? Would you say was it a decent ball got you out? Um, no, it was a bad <laughs> shot that got me out. <laughs> it was a well, pie. Got, it well, was obviously, a pie. at that stage, you've got you know you you've got to go for it, haven't Absolutely you? Really, right. when you've only got two yeah, exactly. runs. What, was the guy at the other end? Was he a bit frustrated with the rest of the team? Going, look, you've left me hanging. I was not. I was building an innings. I was bloke, not not out. The other bloke carried his bat. <laughs> That'd be good. Uh, I, I think he was quite proud that he got the uh, not out. To be honest, carried off yeah. arms in there. Yeah, he's quite <laughs> acclaimed. Well, he's put the club on the map, and it's good that everybody sort of took it in the uh, the right spirit. And um, maybe old Gappy is out there. Maybe his teeth. <laughs> they play for his teeth every season. I think so, yeah. Find the guy who's got no teeth. And Ask say, around the Apologise. I wasn't bowling, but I was quite close at the time. <laughs> well, thanks for being yeah, a good we'll sport, a go. Joel. You're going to get some more players back this weekend, hopefully, yeah? Uh, yeah, we've got 16 available this week. Oh, good. So. It was a blip. It was a blip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just a blip. Nice one. Cheers, Joel. Thanks very much. All right. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thanks, Joel. Joel Krishner there is the captain of uh, Buckton uh, Cricket Club seconds, and they were uh, two all out. It's got 16 available, right? You know how, like with England, they say, you know, actually playing, you get better when you're not playing, mm. don't they? Those those guys oh, that yeah, come back in, going, you know, do you do you reward the people that played, be, or do you say, look, between them they got zero runs? Yeah. You've got to bring in some strength. Well, it's here, the shame it? of letting the boys down, but then there or there will be someone who says, "Don't worry, lads, I'm back. <laughs> it's not going to be two again. The master is back." The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. RJ Mitty, who played uh, Walt Junior in Breaking Bad, uh, is in a new film. It is called uh, Triumph, and we're going to pl- play a little bit of it now. Biology, English, weightlifting. You know that you can be exempt from PE courses. Cerebral palsy, right? I like a challenge every now and then. <laughs> Stop. Heading for the short bus? I wouldn't want to take your seat. Don't push me! What are you going to do about it? Mind your own business. I'll see you on the mat later. Just leave me alone. I've got an idea. Let's go. 
Have you ever wrestled before? Here we are, a little flavour of the uh, film from uh, the uh, trailer, and RJ joins us now. RJ, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. That's great pleasure. Yeah, this is this is kind of real wrestling. This is high school wrestling, not not WWE <laughs> type stuff, is it? Yes, sir. Yo, this. So when I first signed on to this project, I was like, "Oh, I'm doing a wrestling movie." They're like, "You're doing a wrestling movie? Oh, that's awesome! You're gonna be like jumping off the mats and like <laughs> flying around." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no! I'm gonna be getting my face planted into the mat and, and having a 200 pound dude slam me to the ground." Like, I loved it. I loved it. It was great, man. Um, it's it's based on a true story. Uh, give us a bit of the background. So. The writer Michael Coffey uh, created this story about his life and the opportunities that he kind of wanted and and didn't get because of the times. This is based in the 80s. Disability was viewed very differently back then, and and it still is viewed very differently today. But a lot of times people think you have to coddle people with disabilities or or they're fragile or sick or or like we, we can't put them in harm's way, right? But what really is harm's way, you know, if you if you're giving someone the opportunity to play a sport or activity or, or being able to go out into society and, and be part of a team, that's not that's not putting someone in harm's way. That's giving them the opportunity to grow and to learn and, and to challenge themselves and challenge their peers. And to me, that's such an amazing feat. And um, this this story is his journey on learning how to do that. I mean, you, you've grown up in a very different time with cerebral palsy, aren't you? But still, I mean, I'm sure it would have resonated with you, this story. Very much so. You know, when I was a kid, I, I'm, I love sports. You know, first and foremost, I've had the pleasure to work with Channel 4 uh, with the Rio Paralympics and then be a part of many sports and martial arts and, and football and and American football and, and baseball and everything that, that you could think of sport-wise. So when it came to uh, my own disability, you know, when I was young, people were like, you don't want him to play sports. He's, he's, he's going to get hurt. He's, he's, he's not going to be as fast as the other kids. And my mom was like, what are you talking about? No, push him in there. He'll, he'll catch up. He'll, he'll, he'll adapt. And that's what I did. And, you know, I, I loved playing sports. I played six seasons of football. And uh, and we won most of our games. And, you know, I had braces on both of my legs and I would wear cast for six months out of the year and braces for the other. So during my me playing soccer, sometimes I had cast on both of my legs. I was a tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I, David Weir, one of our great Paralympians, wrote his uh, autobiography. And uh, and a similar sort of thing, maybe your parents and his tough love from his mum, you know, and and you know, getting him involved, throwing him into things like this, and making him stronger for it. And it's often it is often the best way, isn't it? I, I think so. I mean, you know, some people can go overboard with it, but uh, mm. but you know, I grew up with can't being a decision. You know, we, we say we can't do something. You know, you may not be able to. I can't catch that ball, right? But but through training and timing and exercise and regimen, eventually you can learn how to catch the ball or kick the ball or whatever that may be that you say, I can't do right now. Mm. But anything is possible if you take training and exercise and commitment. And, and if you want it, 
you have no reason why you can't get it. Uh, disability is still something that we don't talk about a lot. I, I'm sure you get asked many questions about it and whether you see yourself as a, as a role model. And I wonder if you do or if you find it frustrating that that is sort of still a question you get asked. You, you know, it's a double-edged sword, you know. Do I see myself as a role model personally? I, no. <laughs> yeah. Do I see myself as a role model um, commercially? Yes. Um, but but because of the show like Breaking Bad and other entities that I'm a part of, I have an obligation to my community, to my society, and, and to our, our the human race to be able to be like, hey, guys, look at what, well, look at what I was able to do you can do this too. What I have today, anyone in this world can can obtain. This isn't some like special shooting star that I, I wished upon. This was this was training. This was commitment, and this was time. And um, yes, I have a disability, but again, I grew up with the mindset in a, in a household that said, "You want to do something, go achieve it." You say you can't do it, learn how to do it. You want to do something, adapt to it, hmm. and and push forward. In in Breaking Bad, I mean, sort of Walt Junior's. I mean, obviously the the disability was key very early on to the story and there and the relationship um, between your parents in the show. Yeah. But that changes in the end. It becomes just about a kid who's worried about his dad, worried about his mum and dad's relationship, and it, it's 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 almost it's sort of secondary and immaterial to to the character, isn't it, and what he's going through with his parents. Hundred percent, and and this is the thing is. Growing up with a disability, the normality that I have with disability is, yeah, I have cerebral palsy, but really, I never think about it. The only time I ever think about it is if I'm I'm talking about it or if I'm bringing I'm doing an event for individuals with disabilities. But my everyday life, I'm not like I don't look in the mirror and go, man, that's a guy with cerebral palsy. I'm like, that's me. <laughs> and 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 that mentality is something I think we need to have have more of, of just this normality of everyone has a disability. I, I hate to break it to everyone in the world, but uh, but you have a disability, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, family, friends, jobs, <laughs> like like mm. they can they can be in different capacities. It doesn't just always have to be a physical or a mental limitation. Um, and and I think a lot of people forget that and and they're like, oh. That person is sick. We don't want to associate with that. No, that person isn't sick. He's part of the evolutionary chain to understanding what the human ability is capable of. Uh, this movie, Triumph, has features the 80s and montages, two perhaps of yeah. the greatest things you in need the a world. Montage, don't I know. You? How much fun was it? Oh, it was a pain. It was a <laughs> it was a pain, especially when I when I have to get beat up in the scenes. Mm. But um, but you know we had great music, um, and and a great messaging, and you know the the montages were done very well. And again, it was a joy, man. I've been working on this project for over five years, and I'm so happy that it, it's getting received very well. That people are enjoying it, and and it's out. You know, so many people, so many films like this never see the light of day. Absolutely. Uh, RJ, a pleasure to talk to you. We look forward to seeing Triumph. Thanks for joining us. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Y'all have a great day. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We're back to the game proper now. Yeah. Elton says, come on, Max, game head on. Blue Nun at the ready. Anthony, hang on. Leicester Shibola from the 60s. Has Paul been researching? Is Max living rent-free in his head? <laughs> He's worried, Max. Fall back on your tough Cambridge upbringing and go for the throat. And Barca Jim says, this is your moment. It's coming home. It's coming home. Birthday spreads coming home. Well, we'll see. Uh, Andy Jacobs is with us. Good afternoon, Andy. Oh, good afternoon. I've, uh, I've got 10 fresh puns about oh, Leicester Shibola's in the 60s. <laughs> well, I, did, I didn't want Rachel Riley in floods of tears. She's quite hormonal at the moment. She doesn't need you having a popper. So we decided not to do that. Um, so uh, Connor has stepped in. Jeff Peters is not with us today. Um, wow. He's slightly worried about it. I mean, so no phone ringing in the nerve centre in the East None Midlands. We're slightly gutted. But Connor, look, I discovered, I only got a C at GCSE Maths as yeah, well. This, is so not, this, this does blow, not bode well. Connor, good afternoon. Hello, Connor. He is, uh, he is our uh, assistant producer of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Connor knows the rules. Andy knows the rules. We think you know the rules. We're going to try and guess the ages of ten birthdays Andy's just about to give us. Yes, can't wait from for the, the birthday spread. Text from Tom Selleck. Thanks, Tom. Yes, yeah, I knew he'd get in touch in the end. <laughs> this is all from uh, this week, not just today, this week. And Andy will have a gag attached to each one of them. Really, a very small margin of error. <laughs> yeah, a very small margin of error Max and I are looking to build. And the one with the smallest, you can play along at home, is the winner. So, uh, here's Pele. He always joins us. Afternoon, Pele. Yes, afternoon, Pele. And it's a very happy birthday, very topical at the moment. The former New Zealand cricket captain, now commentator, Jeremy Coney. Jeremy yeah. Coney. And uh, the last time I bumped into Jeremy was at the 4th of July festival at the Galway Greyhound track. He had a runner, which he told me to back, and it scorched home. Yes, it was a Coney Ireland hot dog. Oh, they're very good. Beautiful, yeah. Is it no. you first? No, it's you first. Ah, oh, damn it. This is a real blow early on, because... I don't recall the career of Jeremy Coney. Okay. What do you think? So does that mean he's in the sort of Hadley era? I mean, I can imagine about... He's going to be old. I've sort of known New Zealand cricket for a while. I know we mm. off air at four, but I really... Yeah. I can't... Yeah. I can't not overthink it, mate. Hey. <laughs> it's a game. 64. It's a bit of fun. Uh, I say he's a little bit younger than that, Jeremy Coney. Uh, he's probably about, what, 49? Oh, no. He's 69. Oh, really? I've got. Who am I? Th- I've got. I've got somebody in my head, and it clearly isn't. It isn't him. No, it isn't. Must there be Ian goes. Smith, the other commentator, or Simon Dool. No, Simon Ian Dool. Smith isn't forty-nine. With respect, maybe it was Simon Dool. I've just been looking at Simon Dool for days, haven't I? The days yeah. of Dool. So, wow, what a start, Connor. What's that done to the wow, game? So Max takes a really early lead there. It's Max on five. Paul, you're on twenty. Wow, Blimey. I've got to fight back here, hey, haven't I? I've yeah. just got in the bus Let's and I'm start. ready to park it. Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a very happy birthday. Actually, when he came into the studio, he, pretended, he seemed to know Paul, even though you didn't know him. It's Sir Ray Davis. Yeah, Sir Ray Davis. Do you remember that? I do remember that. It? Yeah. I mean, the only time I'd ever seen Ray, he, it was in a pub in Crouch End. I was drunk. He was drunk. He was with his brother. And I don't think he would have remembered me from that chance meeting about 25 years. But Ray Even still, to... you've met Ray Davis. I haven't. Oh, yeah. I'm not so no, I'm going to be writing yeah. to my ombudsman after he's this. A great, anyway. he's, he's a musical hero of mine, so I was delighted for that he thought he yes. knew me slightly better than he did. But it was great. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, back I, in the day. No, no, no. Is there a joke? Back, well, I'm sorry. Just, wait. Sorry. Wait. Sounds like sags. Wait. Back in the day, he was a big fan, Ray, of AFC Wimbledon and has always taken a keen interest in their iconic centre forward. Yes, he's a dedicated follower of fashion. Oh, oh very good. good. Really I like nice. I mean, he's wearing ever so well, Ray, last time we saw him, but he's got to be 70-odd. He's got to be 
76. I'm going 76. That's a good guess. I know what you're going to do, Max. You're going to play it like Sweden. So not wasting people's time. A little little older than that. 77. 77. Yeah, of course. (laughs) It's going to be a very predictable game, this. It's very Sweden, isn't it? It's 77. He is 77. (laughs) I thought so. What's the scores, Connor? So Max with a direct hit. He stays on five. Paul, you had one, so 21. Okay. It's a long way to go. Here we go. Okay, the singer and songwriter Lana Del Rey. Lana Del Rey. And uh, Lana lives in a very old-fashioned house. It's got a scullery, a pantry, an outside loo. But the best thing about the house is the Lana Del Rey parlour. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yay. Um, Lana Del Rey. Remember her singing with the Count Basie Orchestra? (laughs) She was ever so good. (laughs) I don't really know how old Lana Del Rey is, so I'll go 30. Yeah, I'd say she's a bit older, but not much. 36. Not bad. She's 36. Oh, OK. Come back quickly on. Creeping back into the game. A bit, yeah, that's right, yeah. So what's that, uh, Connor? So, Paul, you got the direct hit. Stay on 21. Max, you add six to 11. <sighs> OK, right, maybe oh, back in. Turn, turn, so, turn, turn so quickly, can't it? Here we go. OK, another another one-time guest of the H&J show, Dame Esther Ranson. Oh, yeah. Dame Esther Ranson. Another and, one you've uh, met and I obviously well, have never heard you of. Know she, <laughs> you know she is. Come on. Yeah. Last time uh, there was a test match in London, she streaked stark naked onto the pitch and Charles Sale wrote a book about it, the Ranson strip at Lords. Yeah. <laughs> um, Prince, what's your favourite game on Talk Sport? I like that one anyway. <laughs> oh, that was very good, the Ransom strip. That's good. That's good. You, you've really got to know your, your, your politics. Um, your Lords politics. Your Lords politics. Yeah. Uh, it's me first, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, Dame Esther, again, wearing incredibly well. She, uh, 82. Uh, Come on, Max. We know what you're going to do. You're not fooling anybody by Mark, that. Mark says, has, has Max peaked too early, says Mark. I think I'll go... 80. She's 81. Okay. Well, it's a, very, it's a good it's game. Very yeah, what's, what's the scores, Connor? It's Paul, you got by 122. Max, you're on 13. Okay. Max said 81. Uh, yeah. You're on she 12. Said no, you said 80. Did I say 80? 80. Yeah, yeah, you you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're better than Jeff. Don't question the score. You only got a C. I'm just trying to. Jeff thought I could get one past him. So, uh, <laughs> so what was it? What was what was his score, Connor? In the end, twelve. Twelve. Okay, fair enough. Okay, match your first. Next, here we go. Okay, the TV and film director Ken Loach. Oh, Ken yeah. Loach. <sighs> And uh, me, Ken, and Harriet Harmon were at Twickenham for an England international. Yeah. It got quite heated. I had to say to her, don't swing it, Loach, sweet Harriet. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. It's a shame Ken wow. wasn't around for the talkies, wasn't it? It would have been great if he'd had a chance to do the talkies, Ken. Ken Loach, okay. Yeah. I've met him. I've interviewed Ken Loach, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, if it's the Ken Loach I'm thinking of, oh, yeah. I'm going to go... <sighs> 70. Okay, um, I'd say, yeah, he's got to be around that. Um, I can't go far from that. 68. No, he's 85. No, is he? He is. Ken Ken Loach, he's been around for years. Okay, well, it could have been worse. What's that down to the scores, Connor? Uh, well, <laughs> what do you mean? Um, this well. is uh, this you're not Peter Wall. Don't a, say only a little bit. Of a, uh, I've got to move some. Let's bring Peter Wall in here. <laughs> really so turn this into so a party. So, what did you say, Paul? What did you said? You said I said seventy. You said sixty-eight. Yeah. The producers were. Producers got it. That's why he's on that kind of money. Has he got it? Has he got it? What is it? What did, what did you say, Max? You Paul said, 39. Don't worry, Connor, you're fired. Paul I'm 39. Fired. <laughs> no, no, keep going. I don't want to blow your confidence. You had a bad moment, but you can come back. This is a redemption story now. We're, <laughs> we're all on Connor's side. So what, what, was, what was it, producer? 
39.27. OK. Don't worry, what happened, Connie? Your I could see your calculator wasn't working. <laughs> no, I think he got, a he, got a, he got a message through saying, oh, you're on the radio, Connor. This is your chance. And then <laughs> the calculator wouldn't work. So, um... It's half-time. Well, well, we uh, might have one more. 12 in it. Yeah, we're going to yes. have one more, I think, before we, oh, okay. break. we oh, head wow. to the break. Wow. As a tease. Oh, right. If, oh, like, people pressure. will come back and listen to this rubbish. <laughs> anyway, um... It's better than Marjorie in Manchester. It's me next. It's me next. Is it yes. gone in? It's the CIA whistleblower, Edward Snowden. Edward Snowden. Yeah. And before Edward was a whistleblower, he was a plumber. I don't know if you know that. And I remember him being called out to Alan Wicker's house. Oh, yeah. You should have seen the way he found those Wicker leaks. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, Edward Snowden, 44. I've written 46. I'll stick with 46. 38. Oh, oh wow. sorry, but if you're listening, I suppose it does age you, really, doesn't it? Being on <laughs> the run, yes, quite constantly, yeah. constantly tired, aren't you? Uh, so, Connie, is that back? a delivery? Or are they... yeah, okay, I yeah. am, and I'm back in it now. So, Paul, <laughs> 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 I'm back up to <laughs> Everybody, well, loves one messed story up like round, that. but I'm back now. Yeah. Paul, 45, <laughs> Max, you're 35. Right, so, only so there's 10 in it. 10 in it. As we head. Uh, to the break. Uh, stay tuned. Can Max hold on after a good start? Will I fight back and humiliate him? How will Connor's edition go? <laughs> yeah. So much to find will out. Jacob, will Andy Jacobs have an old gag about a 60s bowler uh, who played for Leicestershire? And will the producer have to step in again? Uh, we'll find out very shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Welcome back to the birthday spread. We are six birthdays down. Uh, Max is on um, 35. I'm on 45 after yeah. a very poor start. Matt says perhaps we've not been giving Jeff Peters enough credit keeping the score all this time. And yeah. dig at you, Connor. <laughs> uh, Matt says, who are you, Max? Gareth Southgate, park the bus. Love the tactics here from Max, says CJ. Takes yeah. an early lead, parking the bus with his second 10 on offer. Uh, clearly, Jose being on TalkSport this summer is rubbing off on him, he says. Yeah, well, look, you know, I'm the Peter Ebden to his uh, Ronnie at the moment. Well, let's see go. what happens. I've, I've nerdled away. I'm just ten behind. So we get to the seventh birthday and Pele's back. <laughs> just a reminder, first, uh, official score in the East uh, Midlands Nerve Centre, Jeff Peters, not with us today. Connor has stepped in. He had a moment, he but a he's moment. back. He's back. <laughs> uh, GCSE, grade three. That's when he said in the break, that's why I chose radio and not maths. Yeah. <laughs> the two possible careers. <laughs> maths, you can either do maths or radio, said the careers officer. OK, Andy, take it away. Yes, Pele and I had a chat during the break. We're upping our rate as it's now gone on to two sessions. <laughs> oh, OK, fair, fair enough. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> we can sort that for you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Anyway, it's a very happy birthday to the Speaker of the US House of Representatives mm. from 95 to 99, Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich. And I'll never forget when he was a guest on Breakfast, me, him and Alan all went out to Langan's after the show. I couldn't keep pace with Alan, but I managed to match Gingrich. I was as as a newt. Gingrich, <laughs> <laughs> hey. he's getting on a bit, isn't he, newt? I'll go 86. OK, um, 82. 78, it's closing. Oh, no. What's that Max. down to the scores, Connor? Oh, so, Gingrich. Paul, you're on 49, and Max, you're on... Uh, Max, you're on 43. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Has anybody got any no confidence in this? No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. No, 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 checking myself Never with his score. Okay, yeah, here we go. Okay, it's oh, the it's man. the painter, the famous painter, uh, Humphrey Ocean. Humphrey oh, yeah. Ocean. 
And uh, he used to run a football club, Humphrey. Yeah, we had several teams. I, I could never get into the five-a-side squad, but I always made Ocean's Eleven. Hey, hey. Humphrey Ocean. Too stre- I'm too stressed about the game now, Andy. Do you know so who Humphrey Ocean be- is? Gone. Uh, I, I don't, but I presume no. you live next door to him. No, Paul. I don't. But I, I t- he, he, he was a mate of Ian Jury's, and uh, and he turned up and he, he he was on the he played. He was one of the support well, acts. You can say, say, say a number days. and then just say yeah. one higher well, for gotta me. Be, it's got to be about sixty. 65. What do you think? 66. He's 70. Is he really? Okay. Well, yes. Max was always going to piggyback. I don't blame him for that. He got in the box seat early doors and he's he just playing it around at the back. You know, I'm, you know, it's difficult for me. So what's that down to the scores, Connor? Paul, you're 54. Max, you're 47. Okay, 54, 47. Okay. Okay. Here we go, Max. So this, this is the key one. You're going first here. Yes. yes. This this is, is Chris the, says, this is the one Max is, bleeps up on. This is the <laughs> moment. Let's see. <laughs> It's the chief economist from the Confederation of British Industry, Rain Newton-Smith. Rain Newton-Smith. And uh, she used to work in the Guinness village at Cheltenham. And when it came to serving a pint of the black stuff, she was an artist. Oh, yes. Alan used to make everyone go quiet when she was drawing a pint. Listen to the pouring rain. Listen to her pour. Are you okay? It's beautiful. Are you okay? It's beautiful. 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 It's 67. What happened? It's all over. 46. Oh. <laughs> but you have to go first this time as well. First, you have to, yeah? Hey, he has to go first this time. <laughs> and and I would it. love it. I would love it. So, what's that done to the scores, Connor? Paul, 75. Max, you're 58. Okay. You've got a good lead. 58. Okay. Okay. All right, apologies uh, in advance of this last one, really. Okay. I had two versions and neither were any good. Two, two different anyway, versions. Never mind. <laughs> of course, two versions <laughs> two is risky stories. with ages. Come <laughs> on, then. Yes. It's the cartoonist and clarinetist, Wally Fawkes. Wally Fawkes. Uh, we were on a sushi-making course, and Wally kept dropping extremely sharp implements on the floor. I don't know what it is about knives and forks. Uh, uh, <laughs> he had to apologise really? in advance. <laughs> I, do you know Wally Fawkes? Yeah, of course I know Wally Fawkes. Oh, give, give over. <laughs> give over. So how many away are you? 58, 68. You're like 17 behind. Yeah, yeah, you? yeah. 17 behind. So if I go... I'm going to go 72. Okay, um, I'll go 91. <laughs> what is he? He's 97. <laughs> 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 oh, yes. Oh, beautiful. Oh, yes. 97. <laughs> I hate myself. So, let's get confirmation. <laughs> let's, I had no idea where he was, by oh. the way. God. Let's get confirmation. Sort of went this. old enough. Let's get the final. Whoa! Let's get the final score. I so actually, I actually can't believe this. Paul, you've won. I you know. have eighty-one. Well, and Max, <laughs> Max, Max is such a surprise for Connor. Max, you're on eighty-three. Just Dermot at the end of the X Factor. <laughs> 80, eighty-one to eighty-three. Paul wins by two. I know. I just eighty-one to eighty-three. <laughs> Good Max. old Wally Fox. Good old Wally Fox. Of course he's old, Wally Fox. He's called Wally Fox. Not even a 72-year-old Max is called <laughs> Wally Fox, are they? What about you idiot. That? Oh. Yeah. Uh, Bob in our growth says Max's piggybacking tactics is exactly why you should write down your answers. Well, Bob, 
I, I think you oh, can't even Paul's, win this it. This is when we find out what Paul Hawkes no. really like. <laughs> he, for years and years and years, he gives this, he's this lovely man of the people, friendly to everyone. And we all think Andy's the grumpy yeah. one, the nasty yeah. one. But the truth <laughs> is that Andy's the lovely one of the two of them. <laughs> really? Blimey. I'm not sure about that. Thank you, Andy. Uh, you return, Thank you, Andy. You, you return tomorrow from one. I do. Yeah, well done. Top work. There we I are. I can't so, believe uh, it. Oh, so what about oh that? We, there may be a, I think we, you may be getting some fallout from your acolytes Someone just on said social it, media. Jamie said, don't do as Jean van der Velt, Max, about five minutes ago. Oh, yeah. And that is... You're wading in with your shoes and socks And says, oh, Max, you've gone all Scotland hotspur on us. Yeah. Uh, Devon well, Lott Rushton says, Steve, Connor, oh, Max, what a wally, says Matt. You're oh. a good luck charm from my point of view. You oh, can very much come again. Thank you very so, much. So, top work, you have one wobble. I'll try, and, I'll try, next time if I come back, I'll try not to see yeah, the wobble again. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, <sighs> Jeff Peters, uh, he may be looking over his shoulder. I'm apart not, from if, that I'm, one I don't wobble. want to talk to anyone, <laughs> you know. We're not, we're not having a 20-minute <laughs> chat in the tunnel after this, Paul. We may be in the same, we may be teammates, but seriously, he's gone. That was that was quite that was quite a dramatic ending, Max, wasn't he? I know you like a dramatic well, ending in the birthday. Twenty three is a dangerous lead. Is, it is. is they say. do so. That's twenty. I think yeah, twenty three. <laughs> that's what it is. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We have to be honest, we're recording this little segment for the podcast before the end of the birthday spread. We're at the midway point. We're so. mid-spread and you're, t- you're ten behind. How do you think it's going to end? Do you think uh, you're going to hold out? I think much like England, Germany, I suspect you will come back. Well, but you I, never know. I don't know. It's uh, Only time will tell, only as Peter Walton tell, said. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, you know now because you're listening at the end of the podcast. Am I being smug? Is uh, Max being uh, too modest? We go again. You know. Um, anyway, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. The great Michael Holding joins us in the studio and we'll have some clips of the week and lots more. Do hope you can join us. If not, podcast available, as always, at around five o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 